This is episode 219. I have a question for the sweatshirt. Tonight, my co-host is a group of faceless voices and a jar of pickles. It's the tone control. I don't have a bell. Ding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was perfect. I'm going to try, boy, this is going to be, oh, this is going to be something. Uh, welcome to the Tone Control. Uh, I'm just, hey, everybody, I'm Justin. Derek is away because uh, he had a baby. And it's very, it is one week old today? Yeah, I think so. Um, everybody's doing great over there. Uh, but he's not on the podcast, and my co-host tonight is going to be this beautiful Tone Control Pullover hoodie sweatshirt, which you can buy from our merch store. Uh, it's comfortable and um, doesn't talk much. So we'll see how that goes, I guess, as far as being a co-host is concerned. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, have, um, I have absolutely no plans uh, or show notes of any kind. <laughs> so we're just going to shoot the shit with whoever comes on, I guess. It's going to be a question show. Um, and I don't know. Uh, I have no idea what's going to happen. So that's it. As far as I prepared, what happened with me lately? The uh, My kid learned to swim this past week. Eight days of swim class over two weeks. Um, she started off the first day by refusing to let herself float, even with somebody's hand holding her up. And then today she was swimming across the pool underwater all by herself eight days later. So proud of you, kid. Good job. Um, but that's it. I mean, I didn't have a baby or anything. Oh, she, she loves swimming. Loves it. Uh, yeah. So anyway, just been uh, busy with work and stuff like that, which is good. Doing some mixing. Um, Uh, so anyway, the, what, what am I, <laughs> this is where it's going to get, uh, any projects I can talk about. Okay. Um, at a certain point, it's just, it's sort of silly for me to be talking to you guys in chat. Uh, at this, like, here, here's what I think. I think let's just like, let's open the mics and let's, t- let's chat. This is a, this is going to be a little That's bit a of a bad uh, idea. <laughs> what could be worse than what I was doing already, Not which is like talking, chance. talking for a second and then looking down at the, at the chat and having silence while I figured out what I was doing. Um, it's, I, I, you know, we talked about doing this stuff, um, these sort of like, uh, hangouts and stuff. So this is like a test run for that, I guess, maybe, I don't know. Sure. Why not? Yeah. So, and if, if anybody wants to, I'm pretty sure I'm prepared as far as my uh, streaming stuff is concerned, where if you, if somebody were to throw up their camera one person at a time, I can roll with that. And Not throwing up on camera. if you don't want to, that's fine. I just didn't, I just thought, you know, then somebody could take over for the sweatshirt. Um, 
Anyway, so Eric is here. Matt is here. Mike is here. Thanks for coming, guys. Um, Looks I have like no you're idea. outnumbered, friend. Yeah. What am I going to do, <laughs> right? Uh, this could be fun. What, what, what do you want to talk about? That's why we're all here. We want to find out what you're going to do. The fuck I'm going to do? Yeah. Okay. Show us yeah, I, button. I think it's safe to say we're all kind of here to see how... See me crash and burn. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. You did. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'm open to questions. Keep in mind, I don't know much about anything. <laughs> I've got a question. Yeah. Hi, Mr. Justin. First time, uh, long time. Hi. <laughs> uh, what is new with recording? What's new? Um, like... You mean me personally or just the world itself? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. What's new in the world? I don't know. The biggest thing that that I'm 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 thinking of now is the fact that UAD has actually started to go native with their plugins. They're starting to make um, <clears throat> working through their catalog, making them all native so that they can be sold as subscriptions and. Um, you don't have to have UAD hardware with it, but that's, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a little bit of a niche thing, but um, I do think they make great plugins. But the, for me, the the pull of them was always that they were hardware-based, and that was a good thing for me because I can use them on inputs on the way in. So uh, having them in software is like, I'm already very used to just using other native plugins I have if I want to be purely software-based, you know? Um. I did just do some, uh, uh, last week we did, um, drums, uh, uh, for a couple of songs over at the, uh, Rise and Wolf guys place. And I had this, um, do you guys know what ADAP preamp is? Does that make any sense to you? Yes. Light pipe. Uh, yeah. So I, I have like that, an expander, right? An eight channel preamp with ADAP light pipe, whatever you call it. Um, to go into my UAD rig for eight more channels. And hardly, you, you know, it's like it's like I have hardly touched it at all in two or three years because pandemic and stuff, I wasn't, I wasn't going and doing these big sessions, right, that required more than seven, I guess, basically. More than seven channels when I have to break that out. So I've had this thing for like a long time. Like it's probably, uh, it's like 10 or 12 years old or something, but I had this Mackie, uh, ADAP preamp box. And I was like waiting for it to die. Uh, and every time I would need to dig it out, it's been a couple of years, but I would like check it, you know, check all the preamps, make sure everything's working. You know, well, this past time I was like, well, a couple of days before, this is the moment. <laughs> like three of the preamps were all janky and the gain wasn't staying put and they were scratching. And it's like, aha, it finally died. So I picked up a um, Audient ASP 800 leaning away from the mic, uh, which is a pretty nice one. It's not like, not crazy, but it, it's, there, are, there aren't that many of these around because I think everything's kind of becoming USB interfaces with like an option to be an ADAP preamp uh, instead. But um, yeah, it's, so we, I picked that up. We used it. It, it really is as nice as they say. It's got, um, it's got, Th three through eight are kind of just plain old preamps uh, with a pad and phantom. 
And then, uh, but they're nice. Their audience has, has really nice preamps. But then uh, the other two, the first two channels have this um, like sort of color channel that you can mix in. Uh, one of them is supposed to sound a bit like tape and the other one is uh, is a MOSFET drive and it's it's kind of uh, some other different things. But you, but they can both be engaged or disengaged and they're also on, a, on sort of a uh, drive knob. So... Um, I don't know how much use I'm going to get out of that. I, I don't know. I it's it's funny like color, like a distortion and color on preamps is something people talk about all the time, and I end up usually wanting to just leave things alone and have them sound like they sound. So we'll see if I if I make any use of that. But they're there. I guess for a DI'd bass or something, it could be cool. Add some harmonics to it and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I guess that's yeah. That I guess that this thing was looks new. cool. Yeah, I should, you know what I should be doing is I should be calling up my own little, let's see, ASP 800. Can you show me a picture of this? Is it on the audience site? It's just all Sweetwater links. Oh, wait, no, here we go. Found it, I think. Yeah, this is the guy. Um, yeah, I mean... Boring unless you really like preamps, but but there it is. <laughs> um, it is it is pretty nice though. I think that Mackie thing was getting pretty long in the tooth, so I'm happy with it. And now the things are we're starting to get going on some stuff. We'll be doing a lot more um, uh, recording, and and I can my my rig is based on a laptop, so I can go on site like this um, fairly easily. So that's cool. I like it. So, so question, does having something like that change your, um, I guess I'll say routine, any? My routine? No, I, I um, hmm. How does it affect your workflow? It, it's it's That's just, good. I like that. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 what it comes down to is if I, my, my um, I have seven preamps, like I have the four that are in the UAD rig, uh, that are built into the unit. And then it has line inputs. I've got three more preamps. I've got a couple of like a 1073 clone things um, lined in. And then I've got this other one that's the the color preamp from DIY recording equipment. It's a, <clears throat> the color platform was, again, it's one of these things where you can like insert these little um, things to add distortion and stuff like that. So it's a preamp. It's got one slot for their color platform, which was, um, a platform that anybody could develop for. It was like an open spec and you'd make this little board. It was like a tiny little thing and it would slot in um, and they they can be small enough to fit inside of 500 series things. So that's what I have. I have a little 500 series rack. And um, this preamp has, that the, the color thing that I stuck into it has an actual tube in it. Uh, it's a tiny little tube that's like from walkie talkies and like, like old, old, old walkie, pre-transistor walkie talkies. <laughs> Uh, wow. but it's, but it's real. So it, it runs on a pretty low voltage and it's like, it's, it's sort of fun. Uh, so is that like a, a third party color module or something? Cause I've got their, yes. I've got one of their passive, uh, reamp boxes. Mm -hmm. the ones that you yeah. Build. Yeah. Those are good. The, the DIY RE stuff is right. Really good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, so it was a kit. So the preamp that they made is like an extremely flat linear preamp. It's like, as to hear him, to hear Peterson Goodwin tell it, he tried to make, a wire that has gain in it. You know what I mean? Like as little change to the audio as possible. And then, you know, the only thing in line is this little 
uh, is one pallet, right? Or no, sorry, the pallet was their unit where there, you can fit three in and it's just a, it's not a preamp itself. It's just a distortion box. Um, so this has, instead of that, it's a preamp with one slot. I can't remember what, um, what exactly it was called. Who made it? Uh, who made the tube preamp? Uh, color. Let's see if I can search for this. DIY. RE color tube. Pentode. Yep, that's the one. Louder than liftoff made it. Hey, go figure. <laughs> uh, so it's right here. Uh, louder than lift. That's a pedal company. Isn't that a pedal company? Am I, I don't know, that but up? it's a pretty good band name. <laughs> I think they make. I think they make guitar stuff as as well. I think they do. Yeah. Um, anyway, but this is this is the that's a little board. So you can see it has um, there's pins on the bottom side of this little thing here. The in ground O and R. Um, and then that little thing just kind of clicks in and it, there can be any, anything on here. So if you go to like, if I go here to, here's a tape saturation that's, it's supposed to emulate that. It's like kind of a bunch of diodes and resistors. Um, they have so, a unit that stacks like multiple of these. Yeah, and, uh, so there it is right there. So the, color. the palette. So this was the original yeah, piece. That one. Um, and it was called the palette. So you see there's three slots in it. Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, and then you could just get whatever kind of things you want. So here's a bunch of them. This one is a telephone distortion, right? It's got a transformer, uh, optical disruptor. I think this is like kind of an opto compressor with fixed values. Um, here's the, the CTX transformer. Um, it's just a very large, well, as large as you can get in that form factor, a little transformer and a... Um, and this is their op amp as well, the Red 25 that you see here. Um, that's something that they've made also as a separate kit uh, that is supposed to, um, it's basically a copy of the op amp that API uses for, for their stuff. It's like a, instead of, it, but you can see there's actually some surface mount stuff on here. This, this would come assembled, at least the surface mount stuff, parts of it would. But um, some of these you can just buy. Uh, some of them come as kits. Um, all the DIY RE stuff comes as kits, but you can buy them assembled too, I believe. Yeah, uh, most of the stuff yeah, for, a, for, that, for a fee. Yeah. So now they have the duo, which is like a single rack unit with two uh, room for two uh, color palettes. Um, where's the thing that I have? Oh, this is it right here. So this is the mic preamp. Um, so it's a, it's a preamp, and then it's got room for one color which I put in that pentode thing. That's what it looks like. Um, that was my room mic preamp, because uh, that's one that I, I know I, I like to like crush and put a lot of uh, distortion and compression on. So I get it halfway there with this thing. Um, and the, what's cool about this preamp actually is the you've got your gain up at the top, you know, 48 pad polarity switch. Um, the, the color, there's a little button right there. It's it's engageable or disengageable, so you can just bypass it. And then that knob is a drive knob, but it's gain compensated. So your level, your output level never changes as you sweep that knob back and forth. You just hear more or less of the of the um, thing. It's not a mix knob, because I talked to him about this quite a bit. It's not a clean being slowly mixed in with the tube thing. It's actually, 
if it's engaged, then it's going through the tube, but how much drive is applied? And then they're reversing that on the other side with the reciprocal gain ducking on the other side. So yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Oh, and look, my co-host has changed to this lovely black tone control mug, which you can find on our merch store. I've noticed all these YouTubers are really good at hawking their uh, wares, and I'm not very good at that, so I'm trying it this time since since I have all this extra screen space. <laughs> um, <laughs> you mentioned uh, 500 series stuff earlier. Did you ever yeah. try the one that Strymon made? Didn't they no. make like one or two 500 unit, like 500 series stuff? Strymon? No, I definitely didn't. Strymon 500 series. Let's look I want to say it's called like, I want to say it's the Magneto, but I don't know. Magneto is coming up. Oh, what on earth? Hold on, check this out. Um, oh, yeah, the Eurorack stuff? So this is Eurorack, which is which is a different oh, format. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, similar, yeah. right, to 500 series in the way that they slot in, but it, the, the size and shape is different. Um, sometimes uh, companies do both. I know there has been some guitar stuff that has turned up in 500 series. JHS um, they did the night uh, sky yeah. uh, as one of these rack units as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, they did. I didn't know that. That's cool. Cool. That seems fitting for that pedal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that thing's rad. So what? Is, this is a four. Oh, I see. It's like a D tape. So a digital tape echo and looper forehead. <laughs> this stuff's bananas to me. You guys know so, that. Okay. So it's like <laughs> it's the Volante or whatever. In uh, your rack, yeah, format. yeah, it seems that way. It's got a hell of a lot more. Well, and then you've got all your in and out points, right? Because this is this is Euro rack. You can do control voltages for absolutely everything and inputs and outputs at every step. Wow, huh. tap and splice and all that. Holy shit! I I don't know what to make of that. I mean, I just have preamps in mind. There's just a good way to get a few slots of uh, preamps into a very small space. Um, I like them, though. Whenever you're dealing with that 500 series stuff, it's the, they're able to make the units and they don't have power supplies. So the cost is a little lower, but really, you know, you're, you're having to buy the power supply in the sense that the rack, whatever rack you buy is, is that. So um, a little bit. Taken off and one assuming, side and put back on the other side. I'm assuming when you say power supply, it's probably different than what goes on a board, right? Like it's like, oh yeah, it's not like pedals. Cables? It's it's like a it's it's a 12 volt. Um, okay. I think it, it I think it's a 12 volt spec, the 500 series spec, and yeah, that's true because because then there was um, some stuff like like when people have been trying to make Neve copies. Um, to do it correctly, all the actual Neve stuff is 24 volts. So you need a specially made 500 series rack to work with like true 500 series Neve stuff. Um, and I think they make one that meets their own spec. <laughs> so, um, and I'm sure you could get stuff. There's, there's a ton of like uh, kits and things like that that can be put together. And there's even some that aren't exactly 500 series, but they're their own sort of slottable thing that have higher voltages. Um, 
there's there's a there's a rabbit hole you can go down <laughs> for sure. How how much yeah. of your how much of your workflow would you say is in the box versus uh, hardware based or analog um, stuff? It's all. I mean, it's it's preamps and like guitar pedals and things like that. That's the only out of the box stuff. You know, pedals and amps. Um, I don't have any hardware here that is like some other th- processor, like an EQ or a compressor or anything. Um, I used to have some compressors and one EQ, uh, and I just kind of didn't use them that much. And and the other thing was like uh, they were from the old days, right? When I was kind of uh, unestablished, a lot of it was gear I'd gotten when I was would think of myself now as being a kid. You know, it was like in my early twenties. And oh, it wasn't that stuff. nice. Yeah, like I had some Behringer. I got rid of that stuff pretty quick. Like, but I got you know early on, I got fooled by the usual. You know, it's a tube preamp by Behringer, right? And you can tell, you could tell because there's a bit of glass there, so you can see the tube, but there's a light bulb behind it, so it's like really bright. It doesn't look like a real tube because it's not. They're they're not really doing anything. You know, they don't volt them properly. Um, so they're just sort of there and adding a little bit of fizziness being undervolted and stuff. So I did have some of those, um, this weird, like two, it was two rack spaces and had two preamps in it. It, it, just an amazing amount of space taken up by what ought to have been like a tiny little block of circuit. Um, it's terrible. It's terrible. Um, and I, I had some other things that were better, right? I had, I had a, a PreSonus channel strip unit that was okay. Um, but again, I think that had a tube in it or something. Maybe that one didn't. I'm trying to remember. Some of those, like PreSonus makes something called the Blue Tube, which is like a, a sort of low-end preamp that they make that has a tube in it. But it, again, like, I, th- I feel like there's something weird going on with it because I recorded something with it one time. And if I zoomed in on the waveform, the waveform was like totally uh, rotated face, like the bottom or the top was like really peak really loud and the other side wasn't so like nowadays i know i would think of that as as like rotated phase i actually have a way of fixing that right so that your peaks on the top and the bottom are equal um otherwise you it's just it's not that it like sounds any different to the human ear but like when you're processing sounds that are rotated like that um those peaks can trigger like compressors and even get distortion if they're if you turn them up too loud, uh, when, but it's only on like the top half of the wave. So it makes me think that that that's what was happening somehow. Like they, the way they were mixing the tube in with the clean signal, it was like only affecting, uh, the, like one side of the rectifier or something like that. I don't know. I don't know, but it was weird. And at this point, like any stuff, any, well, this, I think I've said this before, like anything with a tube in it, you you ha- it has to be like really nice before it's even worth having a tube in it because it there's there's a lot of equipment that has to kind of get put in there to get that voltage up where it needs to be to actually power the tube correctly and and so yeah I, USB ain't cutting it <laughs> yeah well I don't know the way the way like like uh, the Strymon and things like that they uh, a lot well a lot of pedal companies now they they have. Uh, charge pumps or something there's some something in the power supply that that um is able to actually get a high voltage and current like from a lot of the, something um, lower a lot of the clons do that like um uh-huh like they, they go from 
nine volts that you plug into it and it gets changed eternally internally right. to uh 18. Right now a clon isn't going to use much current of course um but even stuff that do, that does I think they can they can do that. I I don't know how the topology works. I made this power supply a long time ago. This was this was uh when I was still playing out this is my pedal board power supply that I made. Look at this motherfucker. All right. We need to discuss uh, pedal board real estate tonight. <laughs> okay. This consumes ways- a lot. <laughs> no- <laughs> now, let me guess. You you uh, you put that under the board, right? Hell no. <laughs> I didn't have room. Because look how tall it is. Table at that point. <laughs> Here's the thing. I was, um, I had this, um, oh God, I've got to get all my stuff now. The reason this started happening is like I'm, all my pedals are sitting on top of that cab now because they're not on a board these days. Uh-oh, a wild Derek <laughs> is spotted in the chat. <laughs> um, all the uh, So I had all these pedals, and it was, it was when I got this guy, the Effecto, Effectrode tube drive, um, which comes with its own power supply because it requires 12 volts DC, it's center positive so that you can't screw it up with, you know, you can't mix it up with something else. Um, but it uses 1.5 amps of current. Or it, it, at least the power supply is capable of providing that. That's the one it comes with. Um, so very, very high current compared to most stuff. Like you can't just power it with anything. So I was thinking, I don't want to have like multiple power bricks. So I was going to try to build something that would power all my pedals, including this. And so I just wanted all the options. I wanted to be really beefy. So I got this, there's breadboard inside this. And I just, I just did a layout kind of myself. It was like one of my, it was actually, I think probably the only, well, no, I built that, that thing that's like a volume dropper, but that's literally just like a a filter cap and and a potentiometer. But anyway, um, so this is the, this is like the only circuit that I've ever like designed and built for real. Um, but yeah, I just breadboarded like filter capacitors and voltage regulators and I put heat sinks in the voltage regulators and I drilled out right here so the heat sinks can vent to air and stuff like that inside there. And basically made three separate rails and then got giant transformers that, that are going to meet those voltages. So... Um, so instead of buying a boss pedal, you just made a science experiment out of a power supply. <laughs> well, I was going to say, did they, did they let you into these places? With, you know, with, uh, thinking that's a homemade bomb or something? <laughs> well, I have you can't my, see my bomb on a plane. My pedal board was in a flight case, so they didn't know until I until yeah. I was already already setting up. But no, but I I just I ordered a bunch of stuff on Mauser, right? Um, and it works. The point is, it works. It worked the first time. So I've got a... That's kind of remarkable that it worked the first time. <laughs> yeah. So so we've got... Um, so here's, the, here's the, the bottom line, though. I actually never got it to correctly power. It powers everything except the Effectrode. And I, if, uh, uh, I actually talked with the, the guy here, the, the, the Effectrode guy, about it at the time. And ultimately, we decided that we, we figured out what the mistake I made was. But anyway, I'll, I'll get there. But the point is, so the big yellow transformer is 18 volts. Um, 18 volts, and I don't know what 
if I it's not even labeled for what current it is, but it's a it's a pretty beefy one. Um, but I have I have three plugs dedicated to 18 because I was I have that full tone trim that was running 18. A couple of other things were, um, and then the little one is actually a 12 volt, uh, 12 volt 0.35 amps, but I'm regulating that down to nine. Um, so that's that's powering my nine plugs, and um, which is uh, sufficient. Anything you know, everything I had that uses nine is not high current. And then this last one, the big brown one over here, is another twelve volt, but but it's a two amp, two amp <laughs> transformer, <laughs> um, and that was supposed to be the twelve volt. So that should have settled it. You know, I I got a cable that was. Um, I, I wired it and got the cable correct so that it was uh, center positive. Um, but it had noise in it. And eventually we, you know, we, he, he started looking at the power supply. He was like, boy, everything looks good. Like he said, my design looked good and everything. But eventually we looked at the specs of this. And I think the issue is it's 12 volts and I'm regulating it 12 volts. And because I'm using like a lot of the available current, like it's, it's there, there's there's really nothing left over. Um, I think there's ending up being there's still some ripple in it, and that's that's what's coming out as as uh, noise in the audio path, which which sucks because I still had to use oh, their plug-in thing. So but. would the would the idea be that you need something high, like so the way that you did a twelve volt down to nine? Would you need to use right. something higher to go down to twelve? Yeah, probably. If I'd gotten an eighteen at two amps, I would have been able to waste a little bit of that two amp. Well. You know, it, you just get, you waste it as heat, actually. The voltage regulator is just throwing the extra away as heat. Um, but to to drop it down to 12, that would probably would have done it. Um, at that point, I wasn't, I was like, whatever. I can just, just plug in the little power brick the thing came with. But it's so heavy. Like, this is, this is silly. It looks it. It looks it, it. You know, at the time, it was like, it was like this or, or buy one of those voodoo um, things. Uh, Voodoo Labs is that what what it is? Um, and I didn't I didn't care to none of them none of them were exactly what I wanted right because I was trying to do this this thing but it was an adventure still works I still I still run pedals off of it whenever we're here doing uh, this thing. That's <laughs> what was funny. I, how did I get onto this? <laughs> I'm gonna change my co-host again. Now it's a tote bag. You can find this lovely tote bag with the tone control logo comes in in uh, like a beige color or this lovely black. Uh, carry carry your shit. Carrying homemade power supplies. Oh yeah, that was that's uh, that looks like a strong tote bag. I bet you could carry a big meaty uh, you know design failure of a power supply. Design failure? No. No, no. only part of it. It, it. it it served its purpose. I used it. Every time since then, I just couldn't. I just still had to use the Effectrode, uh, Effectrode's own wall wart thing, which again oh, is man, like a switching. I don't know if those, uh, those handles would be uh, <laughs> sufficient. Oh, no, it's tough stuff. I'm telling you. I don't know. I've never touched one. <laughs> it's all <laughs> dropship stuff here. <laughs> um, you, yeah. So I do have a question for you, Justin. Okay, shoot. Um, I I I thought of this earlier, like when you posted that you were going to be asking for questions, Um, and I thought about this because so all summer I've been very busy with gigs and stuff like that, and I would say probably not not every gig, but a lot of my gigs I have to do my own sound, Uh, and 
you know, and I'm not a live sound expert by any means, but I know enough to get by. And I guess I was, I was wondering about this today. Could someone who has like a, we'll say like a level one to three amount of knowledge for live sound. Is that like a one to three out of 10 or one to three out of a hundred? <laughs> Whatever. They're both the same. <laughs> um, like, is that like a, like a one-to-one ratio for moving into the studio in terms of how you would run like, or how you would set up like microphones and how you would mm. set up, uh, in my case, a, an acoustic guitar going into a board of any kind, whether it's for like live mixing or a recording or anything right. like that. Um, and then like the ratio going the other way, like does knowledge in a studio truly translate over to live? So like, obviously there are some obvious differences here. Right. But like, like, is it like a, a good starting point? I guess. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. So yes, there's a ton of overlap, but that's because, you know, it's like, where do you, where do you plug the cable in all that? You know what I mean? Like what, what end, what end do you talk into is, is all the same. Um, but there's a ton that's different. And the, the main thing just being that like with live sound, you've got live speakers and, um, in the studio, you have to think about isolation sometimes, but it's it's different. You know, um, it's not just a matter of like keeping the sound. And I'm I'm much less of a live sound expert. I, I've done my share back in the day, but at a certain point, I sort of picked a path. And at this point, if somebody asked me to do live sound, I'd be really... I'd be really out really? of my element. Yeah. I mean, really and, <laughs> yeah, I mean, not just like, like I could get my head into like, here's what we're supposed to do, but the tech, like, I don't know how to run one of those, uh, Behringer digital boards. That's what everybody's oh, using yeah. nowadays. You know what I mean? And, and I'd be, yeah. I'd be completely starting from scratch, you know? Um, cause that's, that's, I mean, everybody's mixing their live stuff on iPads now, if they're smart, <laughs> cause it's yeah. convenient. Yeah. So, like studio recording stuff is like playing call of duty live sound engineering stuff, which I, I too have done in the past is like being dropped in some foreign country and told <laughs> to do horrible things. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it, that, that can go both ways too. Like I, I did, um, last uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago now, I, I, there was a, a session that I did at the monastery, this other studio in town. And it was, uh, a band was coming to basically shoot a live video. So we were recording live off the floor with a single camera shoot going on. And they had, I think I shared a picture of it maybe. They had like fog and everything. Um, it was pretty cool. Great band called The Wonderland. I think that's what it was called. Look them up. Good band. Kind of kind of like a, a funk kind of Punk music. Anyway, uh, but we're, we have, you know, we have like a six hour day and we've, they want to get through at least four songs, hopefully more. And we're like setting up all this stuff. And in that case, they actually, well, whatever, I don't need to go through the whole story, but that, you know, it was, it was a little, it was like a really stressful two hours of setup and, and figuring out how I'm going to do this. Oh, and that cable is out. And then, you know, but then once it's up, it's all gravy, uh, which is, you know, live sound usually would probably involve a little bit different stuff because you, you need to continually be managing it. But that's, that's the thing. It's like feedback. Um, and, you know, how to use a microphone is the same, but, but what you're wanting to get out of it is usually quite different. So like acoustic guitar you're talking about. Um, if I mic an acoustic guitar for the stage, 
I mean, well, actually, hopefully you have a pickup, you know, and I, I know right. you have I, one of those really good pickups. I do. I, yeah, I, I have the Anthem and I, right. I have had to mic up my acoustic on stage before. And it's like, it's very stressful. Like, yeah, I remember, I mean, they I remember make those scenario. things that cover the like, whole sound hole. Right. And that's like a feedback yeah. destroyer for the, I mean, it's a sound destroyer too, but go yeah. ahead. Yeah, I, I used one of those for a little while, but uh, like with something like the Anthem, you have the control panel in the way, so I, I don't use those anymore. Right. Um, but also, like a lot of those have like anti-feedback technology yeah. as well, which is great. Yeah, and I, I heard, because my dad got a one of those put into one of his acoustics, and I was shocked. We just plugged it in to listen to it, and I'm I'm it's, shocked by how good it sounds. <laughs> it's a pretty great system. Like, yeah, I, I I might have mentioned this in the in the Discord at one point, but like recently, I <laughs> I had a student like I'm a little weird. Like I'm not really that upset when my students want to like touch my stuff, but like uh, <laughs> no, like a student of mine touched the controls of the anthem pickup on my I remember my you saying this yeah yeah without me like noticing and like he didn't really do it behind my back per se but it happened when I wasn't looking so take that as you will I suppose but uh and like so I go to the gig and everything's all effed up yeah and I was like oh great and I real and I I realized that I I hadn't actually like really gotten to know the pickup until yeah right like i i when i first started using it it just i set it up a certain way i liked the results and i just sort of went with it right. so here i was being like wait what knob what? I, don't, I don't even remember what that like i had to google what it does <laughs> there's there's like basically there's just one knob in it right like you, you reach into the sound hole and there's like a a roller there's two, one of the there's two rollers oh, one, okay. of them is a vol- one of them is just volume and then the other one is the blend between okay the piezo and the uh and the mic right right because this thing so for anyone who doesn't know this thing has it's like uh gets installed into an acoustic guitar and you adjust it by this little thing that hides cleverly right behind the edge of the sound hole and yeah it has a it has a nice piezo but then it has this microphone this actual you know acoustical transducer and um yeah you can basically draw a blend of them and i Oh, really, really impressed with that. Um, Have you ever done like uh, like in a studio? Would you like mic it up like with what, like two or three mics? And then have you ever run direct when it's like a pickup system like that? I I don't. Well, see now if with one of those they sound really, really good. I would still probably use a mic um, if I wasn't trying to keep the sound of other things out of it. So that's what it comes down to in the studio. If I can do the acoustic guitar and there's no nothing else going on, it's always mics. Um, and, and what I exactly use depends because, uh, it depends on what I think the eventual sound's going to end up being. If I'm going to be double tracked, triple tracked or something like that, and they're going to be like panned out, then I'll probably just be using one mic. It's usually like a small condenser, uh, and I'll find kind of the good spot. Usually it's, you know, in the middle ish, uh, and I'll be a lot farther away than you would be in a uh, live sound situation. Because mm. I don't care about feedback, and it sounds more like the guitar that you know your guitar will sound more like you expect it to when you're farther away. Because you never listen to your guitar from two inches away from the strings. Um, that sounds insane. <laughs> so when you put a mic there, it's it's a little iffy. Um, if it's a solo, if it's going to end up being like a solo performed guitar, then I'll do a stereo, and I usually like an XY. So I usually like the mics kind of like this. So they're sort of seeing past each other and it, 
doesn't make a super wide sound, but it, it gives it a lot more depth to, to have differences on the left and right. And again, it's all about how close you are. Um, I've seen people do what's called a coincident pair. So it's, it's like two mics that are spaced. Um, or space pair, is that the same as coincident pair? Coincident would probably be more like this, right? Uh, probably using the wrong word. But the, the trouble with the space pair is you can get phase differences and, and things like that. Um, I really like having them in this X pattern because it collapses to mono perfectly every time and I don't have any phase relationship problems with the mic. And, um, and then sometimes I use a large diaphragm condenser. Um, not that often, but it's kind of a, usually sort of a bigger sound. Um, again, like I would want it in stereo if it's the only thing, if it's the only thing sort of in the mix. Um, but depending on the type of sound that you're going for, if it's a dense, if it's like a rock song with a lot of other instruments and we've got acoustic guitars that are maybe left and right, then they'll get a one one mic. It'll be a small condenser. I really don't want a ton of bottom. I don't need all this extra detail and stuff. I actually kind of want it to mic it a little farther away and and make it come out really even as far as the dynamics are concerned, um, because it's going to be probably heavily compressed and pushed to the sides. And then if it's something that's much more in the middle of the mix, much more the focus, then maybe it gets a large diaphragm condenser, or maybe it gets the stereo um, kind of thing. Right. Which there were a none of that, instances. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, none of that you'd even close to do live, right? You'd have, you'd have a a dynamic mic probably for the better rejection and you just get it super close and move on with your life. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I know I used to do the, uh, the condenser pointed at the, the 12th fret, Mm -hmm. uh, cardioid or something else pointed at the sound hole. And then I'd have like an Omni over the shoulder. And yeah, okay. there was tons of like there were tons of like um, phase compensation that needed to happen for that. But right. if, the, if it was just like the solo performance and like a nice space that having that uh, over the shoulder kind of sitting in the center of the, the stereo field is, is pretty cool. Yeah, because that's where your ears are, right? As the yep, player. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. right. And the same thing like we've done with drums sometimes where, you mm-hmm. know, it's it, well, sometimes it's like a knee mic. Uh, but just just putting microphones sort of near where the drummer or where the piano player is is hearing it is is always sort of an interesting way to approach an instrument if you have that really ideal space. Um, for me, the thing I always run into with acoustic guitars is I'm bothered by the I can always hear the breathing of the player. Uh, and oh, yeah. I was I was literally I'm mixing a song today um, that I recorded a while back, and largely what I'm dealing with like the. It's a, there was some acoustic and some uh, uh, six string and some 12 string and it's performed really quiet. It was like the worst of all worlds, right? <laughs> so I can hear the player breathing. I can hear click track bleed out of the headphones. So I'm like scrubbing. I spent like an hour and a half scrubbing just three guitar tracks uh, in, in uh, Isotope RX, like in the spectrograph. Like it's, it's a really clever little machine. I can highlight areas and do this... Um, reduction called partials and noise where it does sort of a harmonic analysis. So when there's like a chord ringing out, but there's click bleed like behind it, I can highlight that click bleed and say partials and noise remove and it will notice the chord and like continue that through where the the click bleed used to be. Um, 
it's not always 100%. You got to be careful with it. You got to play with the sensitivity control on it, depending on where, you know, usually I need lower sensitivity when I'm down in the, in the lower mid-range frequencies and then up in the, in the um, like above like five kilohertz and stuff. It's all very high sensitivity, high harmonic sensitivity and stuff. But um, at the end of the day, you one get, of those, get rid of it that's all. One of those scenarios. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those scenarios where you just drench it in reverb and put it in a giant space and you just let it be. Well, here's here's what I had though. I had I had enough click and stuff in that track that it was I could hear it in the reverb. You know, oh, I put reverb on it and then the click is going you know? It's terrible. It's the worst. Oh look, my co-host has morphed into this this lovely zip a zip hoodie. Look at that with the with the handsome little uh, logo on on the on the left breast there. That's pretty great, huh, guys? Comes in great. I have a question. I have a question yeah. for the sweatshirt. Yeah. Sweat, does the it? sweatshirt <laughs> does the sweatshirt come in blue? Uh, I don't know. Let's let's check. Hold on. Uh, yeah. Let's let's go check that. Out. You know what? Let's check that out right now. Let's see if I'm still <laughs> logged in. I the am. perfect sweater to wear while you're figuring out your miking situation. Yeah. Stay warm this summer. Wait. Oops. I'd rather not. I'm already <laughs> warm enough as it is. All right. Apparel. So here, here's a, here, we're just looking at the store now. Um, this is, this is my, this my is view like of the store. Well, this is my view of the store. Show me the, show me the apparel here. I need to I need to go to the sweatshirt. I don't know what the store looks like when you're a customer. I don't know what the lowly customer looks like. Wow, this hey, site. You know it's funny. Knows. I don't either. <laughs> okay. Uh, here's the zip hoodie. Zip hoodie. Holy crap! Can I just can I just go to view this? Edit. How do I actually like? Okay, I've copied a link. No, I I think I found it. I think I found it. I had to copy my own sales link. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look at all these colors. Oh, that's a t-shirt. Look at how many colors the t-shirt comes in, you guys. Look at this. This is the original T. All right, so what else is I need? How come this is the only item I see? Tone control. Let's just go to, oh, here we go. Here we go. Look at all this stuff. You can have one of these uh, asshole shirts. <laughs> comes in, comes in white. You know, you know what I'm talking about. What's it uh, called? A tank top. Tank top. It's a good question. Top. All right, here's the zip like hoodie. A, a military thing or something. Uh, it looks like we've got a this nice. You need to come uh, up with something. That wasn't wife beater. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got the the tone control gray. We've got this nice blue here. Uh, black. Gotta have black. And then this, I don't know how well it's coming off. It's sort of a slightly gray, dark, dark blue. It's like it's like a bluish dark gray. So yeah, I think yeah. you got a you got a couple of uh bluish options there. I like this. Ice one. cream that looks like uh like a faded black. Yeah, like one, it, I think like it one has too many a, times in the washer. Yeah, it it definitely has sort of a, a yeah, well, it's it's bluer. I can tell it's bluer than if I directly switch back and forth between the black and the blue. Yeah, I can see that it black kind one, of. That black one looks like a sound tech sweatshirt, like something that a stagehand would wear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that lighter color kind of looks like the like your 
Like you're living in a memory of the black sweatshirt. <laughs> it's got this, this, uh, the dark blue. What's this called? Do they have a name for this colors? Uh, blue so. charcoal. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like somewhere there's a name. Anyway, whatever. Uh, I have a question for this sweatshirt. That's that's the title, right? That's probably it. Uh, I haven't been writing any down. Well, that one got written down. I know, this is not the things. This is the episode where we find out just how much Derek really does and whether or not he can be replaced by a sweatshirt. Uh, he probably can't. Probably can't replace Derek with a sweatshirt. Probably can't. <laughs> the sweatshirt can't do pedal demos. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Um, well, oh, there we go. Now I changed it into a sticker. Look, stickers available too. How do you know that's a sticker? How do I know it's, it's a sticker? A I know it's yeah. because that's it that's a- what I I literally just I went to the our merch store and downloaded a bunch of pictures of stuff to put into this slideshow before the show so that I so I happen to know that that is the die cut sticker that you can find on our merch store. You have coasters as well. I was going to say it's very co- it's very coaster. Yeah. yeah. Drinkware? I don't see it under drink. Where's coasters? Here's the here's the drinkware. You don't have coasters. I don't have coasters. I don't think they. I don't think they have that. I definitely would have grabbed some if Teespring offered it. I got the Tumblr before you fixed the logo on it. Oh, you got an original Tumblr. Yeah, I got the one <laughs> with the logos like the entire thing. The logos bananas. <laughs> Look at all these phone cases. I was going to say, I need me a phone case. Yeah, I think these come in colors too. So here's like a, oh, I think this is a clear. I think this is a, yeah, that's a clear case. Um, here's the, here's the like plastic shell case. Come on. Look at all the colors. Black on oh, the wow. inside. I think you get this fa- fucking purple thing. Wow. How about this for a phone case? <laughs> <laughs> that looks really stupid. Neon scratch my eyes out yellow. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this. pink. That's a bright pink. That's a I wonder how bright that is in person. <laughs> Terrible. Fuchsia. Oh. Something just happened. The whole site just freaked out on me. Okay, never mind. We're moving on. Uh so anyway, what what else you guys want to talk about? Did we finish talking about live sound? Yeah, like the difference between live sound and studio. Yeah, it's mostly just I I I don't always want to mic things that close. Um, but you do on stage, right? Cause you gotta get that, you gotta get that rejection. In the um, studio, it's forever in live sound. You can drink that night away. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's right. <laughs> you can make true. that go away. You can be forgetful. What's new in pedal world. You get any new pedal genie thingamajiggers? I do have a pedal genie. Um, still in bag. You I don't know what this is. Genie? I don't. I have a. I mean, I don't I have, have a, one of those. I have a box that was mailed to me from Pedal Genie. Oh. Um, Live unboxing on the air. Let's go. Okay. 
Let's, let's, let's go. I don't have a knife in reach. Run the, run the music. Oh, oh yeah. You know what? You know what? We'll get a pedal genie. I don't know if I've got it in me to play this tonight, but we'll we'll um we'll go this far at least. All right. And uh as as uh I think Eric pointed out earlier, the uh the gift cult for tonight has gotta be newborn babies. I can't wait to see what horrors <laughs> are about to befall us. But let's thank the genie. Here we go. Pedal Genie is like the Netflix of guitar pedals. Rent any pedal you want for as long as you want, for one low monthly price. Shipping is included and there are no late fees or time limits. With over 1,500 pedals to try from nearly 100 different manufacturers, Pedal Genie definitely has the gear you want to try. Subscriptions start with Flex at just $22 a month. Try out one pedal at a time for as long as you want. Send it back when you're ready for the next one. For only $47 a month, the standard subscription includes shipping. So you could have a different pedal every few days. If one isn't enough for you, Pedal Genie Pro gets you three pedals at a time for only $77 a month. Shipping included. There's a subscription for everyone, and best of all, your first month is free. If you find the pedal of your dreams, the one you just have to keep, Pedal Genie will offer you a buyout option. Prices vary with the length of your membership and the type of pedal but you'll definitely get an awesome price for the pedal in your hand. So head to pedalgenie.com to fill up your wishlist with pedals, and they'll send out your first pedal ASAP. Pedal Genie. All your pedal wishes granted. <laughs> Holy shit. That was uh, extraordinary. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I'm still trying to tear this bag open because I did not bring a knife over here. Oh, I got it. Well, this is unusual. The ASMR part of the podcast. Yeah. Oh, I have an old blood noise pedal. They wrote right on the... They, this is hand-labeled. Old blood noise endeavors, Visitor. Uh-oh. Am I going to have to plug this in? You guys aren't going to let me get away with not plugging it in. I'm, huh? I'm not aware of this one. What are you? The Visitor. Focus. Yeah, okay. Well, that looks pretty screwed up. It is a parallel multi-modulator. What? Okay. Primary modulation switchable between tremolo, chorus, and phaser. Okay. Secondary modulation switchable between tremolo and chorus. Rate and depth controls for primary modulation. Secondary, secondary knob to simultaneously control depth, rate, and delay offset of secondary modulation. This is a monster of a, of a Okay. All right. We got to hook it up. Hold on. It sounds really cool. I got I to gotta plug my thing back in. It's going to be oh, yeah, happy with nine. Your, don't forget your laptop of a power supply. Yeah, I'm assuming this is going to be happy with nine volts. Nine volts, 2.1 millimeter negative center pin power adapter. How many millimeters was that? Hold on, I got to grab yeah. a guitar. Make sure you're providing at least 100 milliamps of power to this pedal. 
I should All put right. this on the screen, huh? Uh, show me visitor. All right, there it is. Del delirium tremolo. Elliptical, okay. <laughs> elliptical flitter. That's my new band name, by the way. <laughs> elliptical flitter. All right. Your logo could be some sort of like hummingbird or something. Yeah. A oh. slow, deep phaser that's chopped up by a linearly ramping tremolo max out the maximum fine place to land the spacecraft. Of course, of course, the spacecraft. Yeah. All right. Almost ready. Cables are all tangled. You were reading the uh, recommended presets on this site. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Uh, let's turn on a guitar amp. Okay. There we go. That's actually pretty close to in tune. Go figure. Oops. We've got to sign up for the newsletter bullshit. Okay. Good enough. Okay. Get some depth. Turn the mix up. All right. So let's see. Tremolo, tremolo. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, so check this. I don't, I don't know how clearly that's coming through, but the the secondary knob offsets, right? So they're set to the same thing, but I can twist that secondary knob, and you can hear it like drifting away from the first modulation. It like sort of oh, catches back like up afterwards. Is that changing the speed? It's the off. It's the second secondary knob. So I think what it's doing is it's changing the offset between the first and the second, not the speed of either. Okay. Right? So you, you hear it sort of like drift fast or drift slow, but then get back on. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So I, it's like when I twist it. Um, okay, so let's try phaser and tremolo. <laughs> Huh. Phaser and chorus? You've got too much mix going on here. <laughs> chorus and you know, chorus? They do such a good job of putting in the best way possible, the most messed up modulations into their pedals. Yeah, like, it's... I mean, I don't I don't quite know what to... I mean, there has to be something about this that's like really, oh, you can achieve this amazing effect. Mm. I'm not sure what it is. I have some I mean, sample settings down a little further on the page. All right, all right. I want to check those out. Yeah. Let's do that. 
Okay. My, my brain doesn't work in this kind of manner, so I wouldn't be able to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, this I, is a little, little fast for me. <laughs> All right, so let's try this delirium tremolo. So we're going to basically match this. The depth is cranked, the regen is cranked, and we're on tremolo chorus. All right. A slow tremolo and a deep chorus make a sound that your signal, like your signal is waking up still drunk from last night. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, wait, there's a... These first two settings are exactly the same. Oh, I see. They literally are. Yep. <laughs> Elliptical filter. Okay, so the secondary should be here. Rate should be down there. Depth and region and mix are all dimed. And we're going to use phaser and tremolo. Okay. Okay, here we go. So now we've got yeah. something. Interesting. So it, you, you hit these little pauses at sort of the top or bottom of the waveform. And then it loops back, so it'll get really chattery again, and then it'll spread, it'll, it'll uh, thin out. That's yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, the top and the bottom is where the magic is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, it's like it, really, it it's feels like kind of like fighting with itself almost. Yeah, right, right. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a beat, like when you're tuning or something, you're, you're hearing the beats slow down as you get it right, you know, but then it comes back. That oh, is I, pretty cool. Mm, that, that is pretty I cool. I like that one a lot. I'd love for this to have like a hold switch on it so that at any point you just hold the switch and it sustains whatever it's doing. Well, so it has another control input. I think we've got a, um, I think we probably have a, a uh, uh, like a expression input here. Yeah, expression control, control over this. So it would control the secondary knob. So let's see. So that's so I've just turned it down a lot from where it was, which I'll show the settings again. Is it right over here? Um, this is the setting that I was using. And if I turn the secondary knob down quite a bit, you get a, so much less of that beat. So turn it back up here. That basically just sounds like a phaser. Right. I, I, I think it's the tremolo is too in line with the phaser, so you sort of don't notice it. And now that we've offset it this way. I think I get it. I actually get a modulation mean? pedal, you guys. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> like it. Yeah, it's like pretty it nice. It's a good one. Pretty nice. Hey, old blood noise. Good, good. You did a good job there, Homestar. Man, I'd, I'd love for this to have a hold, a hold foot switch on it. 
just capture yeah. like a, a like a millisecond of what's going on and just repeat forever. The the havoc switch on the Caroline pedals. Yeah. Like that. Ah, cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, okay, well, thanks, Pedal Genie, for sending this. It's actually a pretty neat little piece of shit there, so to speak. <laughs> That's not a very nice thing to <laughs> That's say. That's how they refer to it in their building. <laughs> ah, too bad. What are you going to do? Yeah, that, that, keeps, that keeps them in their place. Yeah, that's right. Very nice. Thank you for this piece of shit. Yeah, don't want that pedal to feel too good about itself. Right. You got to eat. They get, uh, they get uppity. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> they give oh, the it, pedal father issues. It looks like uh, my, my co-host has, has become a jar of pickles. Not available on our merch store, but tasty nevertheless. You should have slapped a logo on that. What flavor pickle would you do if there was a tone control pickle? Well, my favorite pickle is, is going to be a dill. So yeah. I, I would, I would like it to be a dill, what, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to be the arbiter of pickles. <laughs> <laughs> Bread and butter is like too specific. It only goes with certain things. Dill goes yeah. with everything. Yeah, I think so. I, I remember when I was a really young at my grandmother's house, she always had bread and butter pickles around. And I remember liking them, but then like, you know, maybe a, a few years ago, there were some, and I tried one and I was like, oh, I used to like these. Try one. And I was like, I can't, I don't, I don't like this. It's much too sweet. It's much too sweet. I don't get it. You had a pickle it. PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, that's messy. Um, well, what is there anything else you guys want to talk about? It was no. You know. no. <laughs> <laughs> so rude. How do you feel having all the pressure put on your shoulders? Um, it's hard. I got to be honest. I really, if I had it to do over. I would have asked you guys to unmute your mics way sooner. And I really think I got it. I got that question out to you in, in the first like two minutes. And I really wouldn't have waited that long. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is magnificently awkward. Um, with maybe if I'd planned something to actually talk about, but. Then it would just feel kind of like a lecture. Unmuted. Oh, yeah. So you wouldn't have wanted me unmuted at the very beginning. I was uh, eating dinner since I'm on uh, West Coast time. <laughs> that would have been fun. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, I know what you're saying, but probably wouldn't have kicked you out of bed. You know what I mean? <laughs> Beggars can't be choosers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, um, this has been fun. And I think um, <laughs> I think I've run out of I've run out of my non-material, so uh, cool. Well, right. We talked about recording and, and other such nonsense and a pedal and pickles. That was good. I guess I have to write down some, I'll have to write this down. Now my show notes are literally going to be, we talked about recording and stuff and I had this visitor <laughs> pedal. Um, recording and pickles and guitar pedals. Yeah, exactly. Thing of the oh week. Oh my. Huh. Oh, you know what? I'll do a thing. Sure, I'll do a thing of the week. Here, I'll tell you what. I'm actually going to play a sound. Uh, here's one of my favorites. Uh, 
That's super vintage for us. That's the Mayflower. Um, oh. Uh, I think that's a walrus. Is that a walrus? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one. I don't think they make that one anymore. Oh, really? It's a shame. Mm-hmm. It's a good drive. Yeah. It's a good drive. Um, okay, thing of the week. Here's my thing of the week. I just, this this arrived at my house today. This is a purple. This is a jar of pickles. <laughs> get, get one at your store. No, this is a uh, purple brand. Uh, office chair like cushion so it's like they're uh, um, I'm thinking about taking the zipper off so I can like this is uh, it's like this it's a a fart cushion it's a (laughs) (laughs) it's like this uh, this rubber jelly like hex pattern stuff it's like a honeycomb kind of kind of deal Um, it's kind of heavy but it really stays put and uh, boy oh boy does it does it change the uh, the feel of a of an otherwise hard office chair? I'm. Uh, does it does it make it squishy down there? Is it, is it downstairs? Like a squishy, yeah, squishy, it's like a squishy in the in the backside. Squishy in the downstairs region. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think you're I think you're picking up what I'm putting down. Uh, it's uh, it's supposed to be very ventilated, right? Because it's it's all there's you know it's all like open and like honeycombed and stuff, but. Um, Pretty much collapse it once you sit on it, though, right? You you do, but it is it is surprisingly supportive, even though that's happening. Like it's the the trouble that I have, and it's more on my gaming chair than this one. This this chair in my studio is better, um, but they're both like IKEA chairs. They're not anything special. But my my gaming one is especially flat and has like no padding. And I've tried like sitting on a pillow and stuff. And even in those cases, what I get is like pressure points, like right on the base of my spine. And so I get this like ache after I've been sitting on it for a while. Um, with this, like wherever you're putting the highest pressure, the pad essentially just squishes out of the way and disappears. And then it's holding the rest of you. And so it's very, uh, very nice. It's a little, uh, it's a little squishy. First time you sit down on it, it takes a little getting used to. You feel like take you, you like, back to being a toddler and being squishy. <laughs> Everything's squishy in the bottom, <laughs> in the bottom parts. Uh, yeah, it's, you feel a little wiggly, but once you get used to it, it's, it very much sort of disappears. It's very comfortable. Uh, You should get one of those for Derek so that he knows what his kid's going through. (laughs) Well, Derek has a Herman Miller chair. Do you know, do you guys know that? Because Derek got, when, when he switched to working from home, he was like, fuck this, I'm going to get the chair. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't think he has to worry about it. Plus, he's got a standing desk stuff going on now, too. So. Yeah, he doesn't even need a chair. That's right. Only occasional chair chair use even happens. Pretty Actually. soon we'll all evolve to just hovering in front of our desks. <laughs> that will be peak human. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it won't be bound uh, chairs or desks. We'll be- <laughs> evolved to the point of hovering, but we're still... In meaningless jobs, sitting in front of desks and cubicles. (laughs) We can literally float. There is no need for desks or legs, but we're still caught arguing with our employers to please let me still work from home. I swear I'm working. (laughs) We can't get over it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that was annoying. We had uh, the power went out in our building twice, two separate times at work today. And and I I work only four miles from home. And I'm like, can I just head home? I'll, I'll work from there. And they're like, 
nah, just wait it out. And <laughs> getting all sweaty with the AC off. It was gross. Oh my God. That's awful. Yeah. People need to get over it, honestly. Mm. I mean, people are, I mean, I'm sure it's not 100%, but I'm, I'm definitely more productive here than if I'm in another environment. <laughs> I think that's true for anybody who isn't having like self-motivation problems, mm-hmm. which is the thing you got to get over. I mean, that's, that's, there's something to be said for certain ways of keeping yourself kind of honest about that. Like, you know, I come out to, I have a separate room. Like I'm not out here unless I'm working or, or I guess doing the podcast, you know, so never mind. Don't listen to me. I fuck off in here all, every other Thursday. <laughs> um, no, but it's, you know, so, some people struggle with that. I think my, my wife, is, it's to, she's totally different. Like she needs to have like silence around her and, oh, if she, she's going to be doing a lot more now with, with grad school and stuff from home. And I don't know, she set up an office, but it's kind of, um, there's no door. You know, it's like at the end of the hall, it's like an opening open area at the end of the hall. So, mm-hmm. you know, she's disturbed. Like, like if she's on a Zoom call or whatever, like she's had these meetings for various things she had to do. And it's like, I'm on a Zoom meeting. Do not come in the, the house until I tell you it's done. Like, right. you better, you better go pee now, asshole. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, cause if I, fi- if I hear like, and I don't know, I think it's not like she'd actually be just dis- be the call would be disturbed, but I think she just knowing there's somebody in the background or something like that, like wicked freaks her out. I think that's what mm-hmm. it comes down to. Everybody's got their thing. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. Now my, when, when I was working from home, my, my wife always works from home. And, uh, but when we were working from home in the beginning of quarantine times and, and yeah, I definitely had a bunch of, a bunch of that where it's like, Oh, you can't even come upstairs. Just the, <laughs> I have I have a meeting. Don't 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 even think about coming upstairs. Yep. So. If they see you in the background, all my credibility is lost. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what are they gonna do? They know people work from home now. Like what yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well. exactly. Uh all right, guys. Well, have we've have we here we go. Did another longer than an hour episode. Uh so then um you know what I you know what I totally forgot to do that I meant to do is uh go back over this um giveaway stuff. Uh so as we mentioned on the last episode, um we're doing a giveaway of the louder louder. No, loud louder. <laughs> I can't read. A giveaway of the it's a boost uh pedal. It's like a dual boost from Chatterbox Effects. Uh he was gracious enough to donate the pedal uh, to the giveaway. Entries are in the form of donations to Planned Parenthood. We've already gotten a bunch in. Um, every $10 counts as an entry, and then we're going to be drawing randomly from, from that at the end of... What do we decide? Running through August 1st. Um, so that'll be the cutoff at the end of August 1st. And um, at the end of all that, we're going to go ahead and, and match funds with whatever we come up with. So we'll whatever gets donated as entries, um, we're going to take the tone control funds and, and uh, double that. And then give away a pedal. And we'll see if, if we can get, uh, we can get uh, the man here on the show. I don't know. We haven't even talked to him about that. But 
anyway, I think it'd be fun. Um, but we'll see. So August 1st, is that, um, is that, that's before the next episode records, I think, right? I can't look at my yes. calendar because my calendar is on my phone, which is not here. Uh, yeah, okay. The so it's a week from Monday. Okay, great. So the next episode, we'll be able to do the drawing. Uh, so get those entries in, uh, send them to us by email, uh, or just, uh, you know, so tone control show at gmail.com or find us in discord, find some way to share it to us. It's all good. Keeping track of it all on a spreadsheet and then we'll get a random number generator to pull from that. Um, so do it, do it, do it good. Okay. Um, so thanks for hanging out guys. The, the, um, the Discord can be found at discord.io slash tone control. Uh, you can find our Patreon, patreon.com slash the tone control. And there you can support the show and join the lovely folks in the super secret area that get to uh, listen to the show live. For just a dollar a month, we're going to. Linktree. Linktree? I don't have that written down. Isn't that weird? How come I don't have that written down? It's a one-stop shop for all of your links and things. It's all the links, I know. Derek set one up, and now I don't remember what it... And you got to tell people to smash and like that subscribe, or smash yeah. that subscribe button for all that junk. Smash the business. If you're on YouTube, I want to see you smashing that bell. And if you're not, then you're disappointing me. And if you're not on YouTube, then I, w I would love to get a rating and review Oh, look, Matt found the link tree for me. <laughs> so, so here's the trouble with Linktree. I have to say it like this. So Linktree is L-I-N-K-R. No, so L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash the tone control. I, anyway, that's the, that's the address. Um, if you go there, it have links to everything, including the merch store, which, uh, you know, features features heavily on this episode. Here, let's show this. No, I want to see the zip hoodie again. Show me that. There we go. Zip hoodie. Everybody loves a zip hoodie. Uh, but anyway, uh, you'll find the Patreon links there. For as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show, and we'll give our undying and ever-loving thanks. And for $2 a month, you're in the... Super duper club, and you get to hang out and chat while we record. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just noticed the name. Um, okay. So, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to say that. <laughs> um, you could, uh, for $2 a month, you'll be in the super duper club. For $1 a month, you're in the regular duper club. And uh, I have to find my chart again. <laughs> for $3 a month, what did we decide we called that? I need to show the uh, show the roles here. Uh, was it the, the super awesome good time? The, the executive hour? producers chairs club. No, wait, that's the last one. God, I'm really fucking this up. <laughs> okay, so the regular duper club. Then it's the super duper club. Then it's the super dingus club. That's what it was. The Super Dingus Club. And then for $5 a month, you are in the Executive Producers Chairs Club. All possessive. Uh, okay, so that, that's the deal. Those, those other tiers are going to be going live soon. Some of them aren't live now, but anyway. 
get there, join the Patreon. This has been the most awful Patreon read I could possibly do. So I'm going to rush the rest of it and I'm going to start playing my music out. Okay. So to thank the patrons this week, we're thanking Matthew Fenslaw, Ryzen Wolf, Jamie Evans, Jeffrey Wright, Doug King, Doug Gann, Righteous Ryan Johnson, Steve Huffman, Jonas Sabatini, uh, Europol's a good band. Okay. <laughs> Mako Guitars, Andrew Walsh from Andrew's Alcove, OG friend of the show, Brian Rizzi, Doug Christ of 37 Effects, Sean Wright of Lollygagger Effects, Brian Gower and Kyle McIntyre of the Tone Jerks podcast. Thank you all ever so much. And um, we can't do it without you. We can't do things like fun giveaways and donations without you. So we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.